0: I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 31. The only podcast for brokers, by brokers. I Love Mortgage Brokering will inspire you to up your mortgage business. Join your host, Scott Peckford. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Rob Campbell. Rob is a mortgage broker with the Mortgage Wellness Group. He's one of the founders of CMH TV. It's the only hangout for mortgage brokers, by mortgage brokers. I'm absolutely stoked about this interview today. Rob, are you ready to rock? I'm ready to go, Scotty. Let's hit her. Awesome. So, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business?
1: <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So, um, I've just I've just recently uh, moved to the Mortgage Wellness Group's head office in Barrie, Ontario. Uh, previous to that, I spent the last three years of uh, my brokering career in Guelph, Ontario, um, where I had, uh, I had lived with my family for 11 years. Um, Kind of got into the broker business, uh, not out of desperation, but um, visited a mortgage broker in Guelph to uh, renew our loan. And at that time, I was a tradesman, uh, did an apprenticeship uh, at an automation company, so automation and robotics, um, and did my did my apprenticeship in 8,000 hours and, and wrote the test and all that good stuff. But the economy, that was around 2008-ish, uh, where we got reduced down to one work. Day per week and we were on work share and, uh, you know, I, I was basically banging my head against the wall. My personality was such that I couldn't go to work and just stand around all day and push a broom. And then for the other four days of the week, you know, kind of sit at home. Um, so when we were talking with our broker, I, I kind of casually asked, Hey, how do you get into this? And what kind of money are we looking at? And by the time I brought in my docs the week after, uh, I had already signed up for and paid for the course. And, um, yeah, here we are. Four years later,
0: so if you would have taken a little bit more time, if you didn't need to renew right away, you could have been your first customer.
1: <laughs> I could have been, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Back then, you might have you might have even gotten paid on your own file. I don't know that you could get paid anymore, but
0: yeah, for right. Sure. That's awesome. And so you you were in the trades business and decided, hey, I want to make make a change and switched into brokering. Job sharing one day a week is obviously not going to be sustainable long term.
1: Yeah, and you know. To to advise newer newer agents or brokers that maybe you're listening to this and uh, <clears throat> in perpetuity and, and are thinking about getting in the business, my advice to you is not to get into this business while you have a two-and-a-half-year-old and a newborn at home and your wife's on maternity leave, and you've never had a sales position in your life, uh, hence why I now look like I've been dragged behind the the ugly and old bus, uh, whereas three years ago uh, it wasn't the case, but yeah, um, one day of work uh, per week is, is just not a, a good a good life mentally or financially. So yeah, I jumped in with both feet. I didn't start really that. I didn't really do a part time. I just kind of went in, gave my two weeks notice, and January the fifteenth, two thousand and eleven was or two thousand and ten, sorry, was my last day at uh, my employer, and then I I hopped in.
0: So just out of curiosity, how long did it take you to to get your first client?
1: Uh, well, I had mentioned I, I, I jumped in with both feet full time. I was <clears throat> I was licensed. Uh, I believe it was August of 2009. But you know, I, and this maybe is a, a, a statement of how we need to up the bar, you know, the entry level. Uh, you know, you, you basically pay your money and write your test on the back of a napkin, and now you're all of a sudden you're ready to rock and roll in the mortgage industry. So I was I was sending in leads to the broker uh, that I was licensed with. Before I actually started full time. Um, so, my first, technically, my first deal was very quick out of the gate um, just because of my personality is uh, talking about it and such. But, you know, uh, that first year I did okay. I did okay.
0: It was probably better than working one day a week anyway. <clears throat> it certainly was, let me tell you. Okay, so before we dive into your story, I'd like to ask about a success quote that has impacted your life or business. For me, I find quotes take an idea and they distill it down into something that's portable that you can and memorable. So can you share a quote that's really impacted you?
1: Yeah, um, you know, there are so many quotes out there. Um, the, the one thing that I thought of this, this morning here before we were in, just in preparation for our call is, was actually a quote that I heard from a guy named Jim Rohn. Um, and it was, don't wish it were easier, wish you were better. And I think, you know, we getting into any, any industry or any, any aspect of life, you know, you sit down and put your heads in your, your head in your hands and you say, man, why can't it just be easier? You know, even this business now in 2014, um, it just seems to be so damn hard, you know, deals don't, don't get put together that easy anymore. Uh, and, and that don't wish it were easier, wish you were better really makes you sit down and go, well, the problems, you know, I'm the solution to the problem. The pro the problems not going to go away. Tough deals are not going to go away. I have to get better at making those tough deals work better. So that, that's kind of a quote that it really is a good one for me to keep them back of my mind.
0: I love that quote. That's awesome. So can you share how you've applied that, that philosophy like recently, either in a, in a situation or something to do with your business?
1: yeah so <clears throat> I don't know like this this new role that I've taken at at at, at Nick Lequier's head office here the in the broker in is is a completely different role than what i'm used to um i, I in Guelph i ha- i had a triple a business you know eight hundred beacon scores pr- university professors and and millennials with g- good money good professions good credit um the kind of the kind of clients that you get off the phone with, you know, you'd say to them on the phone, hey, look, I need this, 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 and this, by the time of our next appointment, and literally within five minutes, you'd get a link to their Google Docs, and uh, there they all are in PDF form, all neatly arranged for you, ready to download, you know, so this this new role is a completely 180, where I'm now, uh, you know, in the alternative side of the brokerage, so, wh- you know, how can you go back to that quote is, <clears throat> you know, change change life up a little bit, you know, if you If you think it's getting hard, you know you need to look at yourself and be inflective and and look at how you can maybe change and and get better um and and maybe change it up. We get complacent quite easily as humans, so maybe that's you know a way that i've i've tried to put that towards my business
0: right no i I love that that's actually I've heard that once before that quote and i've completely forgot about it till you mentioned it but I I think in the last week I've had a bunch of switch transfers that I'm working on and they just they're all like done and dialed in and they just blow up at the last minute and they're driving yeah. me bonkers, and yeah. I need to hear that. Don't wish I was easier. Wish I was better. And I'm like I just need to di- I need to figure out what I'm doing in these to to prevent this from happening because it's disheartening when you spend the you you think it's all done and then you know it's like oh no. yeah
1: anyway. yeah you know. You know what I've done with those switch transfers, and I hear the same thing from a lot of other agents that I talk to. You know, because they're and we've talked about this on Canadian Mortgage Hangout, um, which is located at Canadian Mortgage A little plug there. Um, we've talked about switch transfers and how difficult they can be. You know, I've had a lot of success with them, and and the, the reason I've had success is as soon as the as soon as the call, uh, as soon as I'm on a call with a client and they say, yeah, I'm coming up for maturity, it's in a month, uh, can you help me out? Uh, right away, I front and load that appointment. I tell them, sure, when you come and meet or when we're on the phone fo- for our next call, here's exactly what I need to give you a good assessment. And I get everything from them, mortgage renewal statement, property tax bill, um, charge statement, like everything, income, pay stubs, everything. And if, if they don't show up to the meeting with all that stuff, you're never going to get them. So uh, uh, the pro is if you front and load that file, and you've got everything on hand, at that point, you could say to the client, listen, let me try my best. I'm pretty sure we can beat this rate. You get that commitment back for your next appointment. You're file complete before they've even signed the commitment. So that's the success I've had with those files. Just a little nugget.
0: No, no, that's a good idea. I think that sometimes a, these are my past clients that I'm talking to, and I'm trying to make it a little bit too easy for them. You know, If it's if it's a purchase, mm-hmm. I tell them straight up, I need all this. But on a switch mm-hmm. transfer, it's like, oh, well, I'll, and I, I know that I'm creating. It's The problem is me. It's not any... Any, it's not out there. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm. This is good. Thank you for the coaching call in the middle of this uh, interview, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so the other area that I find as a business owner and a mortgage broker is failure. I find that there's things that I've failed at, but looking back, there's always a lesson. Can you share something that you failed at, but when you look back on it, there was a lesson in it for you?
1: Yeah, you know, um, geez, so many failures, so many failures, and I, and I think. I think you can not one thing I've I've learned is and and it sucks to fail it really does because sometimes it it is that deal that you need to close to to maybe help feed your family um but you can't be afraid of failing there's so many stories of failure Scott I uh, you know I uh I've had everything from emails from clients parents I've got a beauty an email from a client's parents who co-signed had to co-sign a deal um, that they they tried to back out of co-signing at the very last minute. And what a beaut. I mean, uh, the email was something along the lines of, you know, the, the banks abide by financial laws. Why don't you? Like, just crazy stuff. I received that one, I believe it was on my birthday um, of last year. So that was a good way to spend my birthday. I mean, I didn't really fail in that instance, but there's tons of what I'm trying to say is there's not one specific failure I can really remember, but there's a lot of them coming. For everybody, every day. I mean, the people that are 20 years in the business or one year in the business. Failure is, uh, is you can't get around it because it's just going to happen. You just got to fail quickly and learn from it and move on. I Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. You know, we were talking off air about, I was talking about how I do um, martial arts and my coach always tells me, you either win or you learn. And, and so whenever you go into a match and it's the same thing, there's always a learning in those situations. Like when you said, the guy had emailed you and said, hey, you know what, I think you're doing something offside. Just because yeah. they were not happy, and you, there's always, there's always something that we can ch- improve, and we can't change their, their, you know, what they're doing, but we can change a little bit of what we're doing. So I think it's good, and, and I love, great, I love doing that, that to my business.
1: Yeah, and that's a great quote. You either win or you learn. That's that is really an amazing quote. You know, in in the trades, one thing that we learned as an apprentice is you don't go on assumption, and you don't attempt anything without knowing that you're your lead hand or your your you know your your group leader has has okayed your decision and it it really strips you down because you got you know I got in that trade actually older than most I was 22 or 23 when I started that apprenticeship you know most people start an apprenticeship right out of high school <clears throat> and you know how we are at a high school you think you're on top of the world especially as a guy uh you, you think that you know everything and you quickly get stripped right the hell down to realize that you do know, you know nothing, and you have to ask before you do everything. And that's really something I've taken into this industry: is that uh, you know don't don't just assume because you'll kill a file if you just assume and you submit um, submit it to a lender, you're just going to kill the deal. And especially if it goes to an insurer, so make sure you ask. You know, of, of those failures, you got to learn, and you're only going to learn by asking, right? So.
0: Yeah, it's very humbling to have to, to go and, you know, and to ask before you hit the submit or, but that's mm-hmm. good. So another area I find that talking to successful brokers is they have systems and processes and they're willing to tweak them. So I just want to ask you about a, uh, administrative process. So is there an administrative process that you had in your business that maybe wasn't working as well as you'd like? And then you made a tweak to it and it, what kind of outcome did you get after you made an adjustment?
1: Yeah. Um, one thing I learned from, from uh, actually my broker Nick was just a really simple filing system I'm you know I was at a point in Guelph where I I wasn't doing enough business that the files would be stacked to the ceiling but I was doing enough that um it, you know you could quickly get lost in the paperwork and and one thing I learned was just a really archaic but simple bring forward system on a, with your files so just a calendar system in your filing cabinet and you touch the file once and uh and and you'd bring it forward for the next day or the next day after that. So it would be off your desk. And uh, I'm a very visual guy and I'm not I'm not actually that high tech as as uh, although you know active on Twitter and, and Canadian Mortgage Hangout and all that good stuff, I'm not actually a, a, a huge Techy guy when it comes to CRMs that is changing uh, because of the position that I'm in now at the at the head office. But just a, just a you know I was fo- I was finding files were falling through the cracks and clients you know were getting were getting left behind only because I left everything to my memory, and and my memory is just like a sieve. So just a really simple bring forward system. It it doesn't cost you anything to implement. Just a you know a couple of files and. And just staying on top of those leads is it's just something that I really honed in on and it worked well for me for the time being
0: so the spring forward system essentially you you do you, you keep paper files for mm-hmm. all of your deals
1: I did um I did uh, w- what I did mi- minimize down to was simply a uh, a one one or two page sheet in a folder for the client, so all their contact info. Um, the realtor info, the lawyer info, the underwriter, what lender it was that, loan to value, all that stuff, and then I would bring it forth. So if if I came into the office this morning and I had I went to today's, uh well I'm not going to give away th- what the, this is because it might get posted later. But let's say today's the first of the month. I come in and I open up the file and it says Scott, call Scott request pay stub, right? Mm-hmm. I call you, hey, Scott, it's Rob. Hope you're doing well and the family's well. Just a reminder, we need that pay stub from you. I know it's Monday morning. Um, I'll touch base with you on Friday if I haven't heard. Hang up the phone, make a note in your file, close the file, walk over and put it on the Friday. So if Friday is the 4th or the 5th, you put it in the 5th, you don't see that file again until then. Mm-hmm. If if Scott calls, now this is archaic, and this is, only, this is only if you're doing like 5 to 10 deals a month, right? Anything in excess of that, you definitely need some sort of... Uh, Set more savvy system, but that's that's kind of a, a basic bring forward system.
0: Right. No, that's good. That's great advice for anybody that whether you can create that <clears throat> online to, or virtually as well through a software or through
1: yeah, uh, for sure
0: reminders. But that's great. It's good. The spring. I hadn't heard it called that before. It's, I like it. So the other area too, I noticed that with um, successful mortgage brokers is they have a sales process, and they're willing to adjust that sales process. So can you share an example, maybe of something in your sales process that wasn't working as well as you'd like, and then you made an adjustment and what kind of outcome you got
1: yeah i've I've always been um, I've always been really good at going out and and networking and and spurring activity I've always been really lousy at the follow up um one thing that i've that I've always Struggled with with was the follow up, hence bringing that you know that bring forward filing system, so that I could get in, touch those clients again, and then get back out, and and meet more people and new people. Um, a follow up process is is actually believe it or not, uh, n- new leads. So, you know, uh, <clears throat> I can't remember who your who your last guest was that said seven times. Uh, below below every problem, if you got to dig deeper, there's there's probably. A solution. There are six or seven questions in um, mm-hmm. that. That that pertains to leads as well. And you know, there's that old adage of like you're not gonna you're not gonna get any response or sale until at least the seventh or eighth time. And and recently I've heard that extrapolated to twelve times to thirteen times just because of the time that we're living in with people getting bombarded with email and and ads and and all this kind of stuff. I think the the best. The best um, process that I've tweaked is actually the follow-up process with new leads. So whether you get an email or a tweet or or something, a message from somebody, uh, you know, one thing that I really honed in on was not giving up on that. Like literally, bring that bring that lead sheet forward every day or every two days for twelve touches. And until one of two things happens, the the person like marks you as spam, <laughs> if you're emailing them, uh, or literally you get them on the phone and they yell at you saying, listen, I don't want you to call me anymore. Uh, with, to which you can just say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, we haven't spoken since you contacted me first. So that's fine. I, you know, I'll stop contacting you. Or they say, yeah, you know what, Scott, I have forgotten about you. We got busy with our life. I know it's been a week or two. Yeah, let's let's arrange that appointment. I've had I've kept up appearances with prospects for like six to eight months that have left comments on a blog of mine or reached out and just disappeared, which have panned out into closed and paid deals. So don't don't give up. That's that's really a nugget. There is that right. don't give up on that prospect until they either a tell you no and and hang up on you or b say yeah let's let's go.
0: That's great advice. And so I, I you, I'm going to key on something you said. You said it on Twitter. So have you ever got any business from Twitter? Locked. really so explain to me how because i i i think i have like you know 10 followers on twitter and i n- never go on there um mm-hmm. how do you and i think one of them is my mom <laughs> 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 um so explain to me some like the most recent deal that you got from twitter how that what played out just so that if someone else who has never really used twitter they can kind of get a sense of what what you're doing yeah. with
1: it yeah okay so for the record i never started a twitter account to close deals I started the Twitter account to be more socially engaged with people online, but more so people in my community. I'm a big community guy. I'm a big believer in building up your presence in your community. I think the days of, of reaching across Canada and getting, trying to acquire leads across Canada, that's not that focused or gone. Um, that, that online space is just consumed now. Um, I, have, I have about 2,000 followers on Twitter and and a lot of those are organic a lot of those are people i've actually conversed with um and connected with i mean the last deal that i got from twitter closed and paid actually closed about 3 weeks ago uh and that was a relationship that um probably started 2 or 3 years ago uh now did i you know did i connect with that person knowing that that was going to happen no not at all um that was a high beacon score high credit high equity triple A deal too. Um and and so, you know, start start organically, start local, um, and and connect with people that way. I've I've connected with people for over a year, Scott, and they've and and literally met them face to face within my community a year or a year and a half after we've connected online, to which they say, What do you do by the way? You know, and, and a lot of people in our business would say that's horrendous. They should know what you do right away. Well I, I totally disagree. I think building rapport and trust as a person is first and foremost, your, your biggest step, especially online, because people have great bullshit detectors. And the minute that you pounce on there and say, it's just like, if you go to a networking event, you meet, like, you meet somebody new and you shove your card down their throat and say, Hey, if you ever need help with your mortgage, let me know. Like, that's just sleazy. You know, they're expecting you to sell them a Pinto as well. Um, you know, no, I, I, I once said I was, just, I was nominated and, and awarded the top 40 under 40 in Guelph before I left the city. And one of the things I said in the article that they wrote about me was um, doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. And don't sell. Just be a person. You know, give out your heart, not your card is mm-hmm. what I like to say. That's give good. out your heart, not your card.
0: And so, just I'm gonna, because this the whole Twitter thing. I, I agree with you. Twitter is just really another form, another way to to connect with people, and you can abuse it and and annoy people with it just like you can in in on any medium or even in face to face. So this particular one that you said you'd connect it with a year ago. So, uh, like how do, how do they how do you build a relationship on Twitter? Because I'm 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 pretty slow with this stuff, and I don't really. So what's the how do you build a relationship without being annoying? Can you?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. The number one thing is to search pe- search people that are in your area. You can do that with a hashtag. So the pound sign. If you're in uh, if you're in Barrie, where I am, or I was in Guelph, you know, a good way is to just use the hashtag and the word Barrie or Guelph or Vancouver or North York or wherever you are. Edmonton. Um, the kilted broker, my good friend uh, Jackson Middleton, out in he was in Regina, he's now in Edmonton um he had a massive following in regina for the same reason you just you just follow people that are in your city you'll quickly know if they're using twitter as a personal chat between their friends or if they're actually conversing with people in the community as well and you just start to reply to people you know people will put out there, i'm eating the most scrumptious sandwich at xyz Deli. you know reply to that and say really where is that i'm i'm starving you know it's a conversation twitter's a conversation um and and that's really how you start to engage with people uh and and from there it, you just build the trust and and people can quickly see that you're you are who you are and uh and then that's that's really how business starts to come from that
0: okay cool yeah i'll i'll i'll, I'll leave that to the side now but i definitely for me it's a, an avenue that are and something i've never even explored or but i i i think you've some good advice there just be friendly just like you would be in any social situation and and not you know, vomit your business all over them. Yeah. So uh, another uh, thing I've been hearing a lot about lately is the need to diversify your income. And so I kind of, there's, in my mind, there's two camps that I've seen. One camp says, yes, you need to get, you need to diversify. You need to get more wallet share. Another camp says, no, you need to just focus on being a better broker. I want to know sort of where you fall on that. And if you are diversifying, what area are you focusing on?
1: So I'm not diversifying. I I fundamentally believe that you can only be good at one thing and one thing alone. And I, I, I understand, I understand income diversification, but I, I do believe that you are really put on this earth to do one thing really well. Um, and of the, of the many, uh, super brokers I've had the honor of sitting down with and chatting with one on one or, or on the phone, um, they're just really good at ink and deals, man. Like there is no other way I can put that. They're just really, really good at being mortgage brokers. And, and a lot of people will throw in the MPP or maybe sell the odd mutual fund or GIC or whatever. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, I think that uh, I think if you want to diversify your income um, or, or get more income, just do more of what you're doing. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's the level of where my head is at right now. Now that could change in five or 10 years, maybe. Um, I just don't know that. I just don't know that you could be really good at everything. I think you just need to be really good at one thing. And if being now, now being, if that's being a business owner, i.e. you're the mortgage broker, principal broker, and your income is now having agents under you, and maybe a secondary business like in the real estate, then then maybe that's a good way of diversifying. Obviously, but at the beginning, I think I think any agent that's new to this business. Um, just be really good at mortgages when you get into it and just crush that for 5 to 10 years.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's enough of a challenge. And so uh, you'd mentioned you have some young family. So how do you balance your running your pra- mortgage practice and your family?
1: Um, I, I've been really poor of doing that in, in, in the last couple of years, i.e. having my phone on at night, Taking applications on a Sunday night at 6 p.m. I know Dustin, Dustin Woodhouse, you had on, and and I respect Dustin very much. So and I've, I've had the I've had the pleasure of of sitting down one on one with Dustin as well. Um, you know he answers his phone on the weekend uh, at nights and all that. You know part of me wants to say he's he's a he's a fool for doing so, but you know what the proof's in the pudding. He's 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 crushing the business and he's making a good living doing it. Um, I've just found that those applications that I tend to take in uh, take on the weekend or after hours, they're dog crap deals. They they never go anywhere. For me, and I'm not saying this is everybody, obviously, but I just uh, I just really try to hone in lately of of doing really well at the office, and then on the weekend, just keeping the phone off and spending being involved with my family, my kids too. I've got a seven year old and a five year old. I love them so much. And I just try to think back when I was that age with my parents. My parents were working all the time, you know, and I just don't want those memories to, for my kids to have those memories too. So I, I try to just turn off the phone at night and uh, if they're still awake when I get home. And But the weekend for sure, focus on spending good quality family time.
0: Right. It would be interesting actually if you did track s- sort of your closing ratio on the day that you got the lead and if there was any correlation between sort of these weekend Yeah. Intros versus the weekday, and I mean the other thing too is you're just not like for me anyway. I'm not as mentally in that. You know, if somebody called me on a weekend, I'm not as mentally there as I am if I'm sitting behind my desk and I have everything. And they're not getting the best of me either. So they may be getting my attention, but certainly not not what they would get if it was in the middle of my workday. And I'm like dialed in. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm rocking, right?
1: Totally. If you if you called up, uh, you know, if you called up Warren Buffett because you wanted him to invest your your billion-dollar portfolio that you have. Do you think Warren Buffett's going to call you back at 9 p.m. on a Saturday night? No. His assistant's going to call you on Monday morning and say, Hey, Scott, we got your message. Warren's available on Thursday at 2 p.m. till 2.15 p.m., or you can speak to him Tuesday morning while he's brushing his teeth. Like, what, what do you want? Like, those are the two available times. I think we're too, we're too quick to trip over the, i got to please my client now, uh, especially on the weekend. Now, if it's a web lead and you're sitting at your desk, I'm pretty sure those web gurus like the the Ron Butlers and the Dan Eisners, they're going to tell you if you don't call that lead back within 15 minutes, your closing ratio starts to like plummet, right? Mm-hmm. But on a weekend, I don't know, man. I'm just not, I'm not sold on it. Unless it's a VIP client of yours that that holds a big portfolio and you've done a lot of deals with them, th- then that's different. But if it's a new new lead, Monday morning can wait, you know.
0: Yeah, I have found that the people who usually are like in a, a stress case, like last minute, they need all kinds of help. They're usually everything's a catastrophe in their life. They don't have the oh, yeah. and It's not like they're <laughs> super organized, right? They're they're like, oh, you know, I wrote an offer and I've got three days and I don't even have any financing. Like, what was I thinking? And you're like, yeah. your whole life is a catastrophe. I don't need your catastrophe in yeah. my life. So
1: <laughs> yeah, and now it echoes through your business life and your personal life because you're stressing and yeah, yeah it's yeah. just bad. It's they bad take all
0: around. They give you their mess, right? Um, yep. And and you anyway. So that's great. So now we'll move to the rapid fire questions. You can answer these with little shorter answers if you like. So, what's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful?
1: Uh, first and foremost is education. Education on the products, the lenders, the business in general. We get into this business thinking we're selling rate. Right. Um, and I know guys like Ron Butler will cringe when I start to say this, but really, at the beginning of your career, you're not. You you can't. It, this business is not about a rate and a mortgage. It's about, it's about building your business. It's not only just helping the clients, like forget about all the goodwill stuff and the good-hearted stuff, making sure the clients get the right product, blah, 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 blah. This is a business. You need to you need to write a business plan. You need to focus on your business plan. You need to focus on education and, and focus on your strengths, not your weaknesses. Um, one of my strengths is just people. I can get into a room of 300 people and and talk to 100 of them, and, and that's my strength. You know, I know what my weaknesses are. I stay away from those. I let somebody else take care of those. Mm-hmm. And so what
0: thing, one thing or habit, you think you've answered is has made you successful?
1: <clears throat> Definitely my personality. And I, I'm not trying to pump up my own tires here, but like I said, I get that from my, uh, well, both of my parents, my mom and my dad. Although they work their asses off, uh, my mom is very social in the, in the respects that if she's, you know, if she's in an elevator with somebody, she'll talk to them. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's only three floors, she'll say to them, hey, the weather's beautiful, isn't it? My name's Martha. You know, uh, that, that's me. That's me to a T. I will talk to Anybody homeless, millionaire, everybody's on the same page with me. they're all We're all human, and my personality really has has helped me.
0: That's awesome. And do, you, do you have an internet resource or software program you use to make your business more successful?
1: <clears throat> Absolutely. it's called Google Drive. If you don't have a Google Drive account to store Docs in to send to clients, even blank forms, um, Google Drive for uh, just just deal flow, spreadsheets, anything. I mean you can access it from anywhere with a Google account. If you're at a hotel at a conference and your laptop falls off the back of the bus and you're screwed, you can go down to the business center, log into Google Drive. There's all your stuff. Google Drive.
0: Google Drive. That's that's an awesome one. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be?
1: Uh, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Um, I find that it, it, it's it's a bit misleading in the title because no, you can't work only four hours a week. But the real the good nuggets in that book are really are how to focus on your strengths, not your weaknesses. Um, outsource your weaknesses to assistants or virtual assistants. Um, but also, um, you focusing on what you want out of life and just going after it and, and 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 cutting loose all the BS in your life. So, where do you think our industry is headed? Where's the opportunity? Uh, I I, I strongly think we're coming full circle in this business. I think AAA business is going to dry up uh, drastically. The banks are going to fight for that AAA business as much as they can. Um, So I think the alternative side is going to just boom. B business, especially business for self um self-employed clients, private funding, second mortgages. I think that stuff's going to be more pre- prevalent in the years to come. Hence why I've uh, I've switched the head office now and, and and become part of the alternative lending side of the business.
0: Catch get the big catch the big wave that's coming.
1: Yeah, yeah, I really I really think it is going to come.
0: And so what is one of my favorite questions It's the DeLorean questions. Remember the movie Back to the Future?
1: I do, absolutely.
0: And so in the movie there's the DeLorean car that you could travel the time. So if I could set that um, to the first day you were a mortgage broker I think you said you've been a broker for four years so you go back to your first day and you get to tell yourself three things give yourself three pieces of advice so you would have a better bigger business today what three things would you tell yourself
1: um, I would I would show up with uh, with Doc and he would yell great Scott and then uh, I jump out of the car and I tell myself not to focus on the website, uh, not to focus on the color-coordinated uh, you know binder that you're putting together, not, you know, stop waiting for the rate sheet every morning from your lenders. Um, I would tell myself to get my ass out of the office, go meet as many people in a day as possible in your community, uh, network, you know, the good old belly-to-belly network, um, go to industry events, every industry event you can, every CMHC presentation, go to it, learn, uh, learn the business uh meet three new people a day you know get a, have a breakfast or a coffee in the morning uh one for lunch and one in the afternoon three three people a day every day um and and really come up with a business plan um, you're not going to know how to write it at the beginning but at least getting your ideas on paper in front of you and sticking to your business plan every day uh, will will really matter uh, one thing from the 4 hour work week is is tim ferriss's Dreamline. He doesn't have it up online anymore, but I do have a copy of it uh, that I've scanned, a blank copy. But a dream line is really a business plan focused on income and, and what kind of income you're looking after and chunk that down to how many contacts you've got to make a day. It really is get the hell out of your office, and uh, you should be in your office at the beginning for maybe an hour or two every day doing apps, but getting out and meeting people and getting your face in the community for sure.
0: That's awesome. So get out of the office. Was the first thing. Second thing is meet three new people today, and then create. Do you call it a dream line? Yeah. Create a yeah. dream line. So maybe if you send that to me. I'll I'll throw that up there, and so that other people can grab it if they want to use it.
1: For sure, will do. Okay,
0: awesome. Well, Rob, I really appreciate this interview and your time. I I think um, I hope you rock the rest of your year. And so, where can people find you online?
1: Oh, geez, uh, you can find me on Twitter. My uh, Twitter handle is. At the Rob Campbell, P-H-E-R-O-B-C-A-M, P as in Peter, B as in Bob, E-L-L. Um, we're on CanadianMortgageHangout.tv every Thursday live. Um, yeah, or you can email me, rcampbell at mortgagewellness.ca. I'll be more than happy to reach out to anybody that contacts me in, in the chat, as always.
0: Awesome. Rob, well, I hope you crush the rest of your year and uh, they'll be the B-Business King within the next you know, year to two.
1: <laughs> I hope so. The only podcast for brokers by brokers. I Love Mortgage Brokering will inspire you to up your mortgage business. Join your host, Scott Peckford.
0: Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing, since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.